Well, as I said, I believe God is on the move on the North Shore, as evidenced by my previous statement. North Shore Church, that's you. He has called you. Say, he's called me. He's called us. Together. This morning, I want to just kind of remind, refresh, renew our, our vision. I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to share a little bit of our vision, our hope, and the purpose. This year, we had this idea. Uh, we wanted to share this idea that uh, vision remains, that we're moving forward together. And if you follow us on social media, I made a little joke. Forward together sounds like a political ad or election promise or something cheesy like that. But the bottom line is, is that God has always called our faith to be expressed in community, which is why God created the church and why Jesus is the head of the church. And as the church, we are his bride. I've never thought of myself as a bride before, except in the context of church. But he's called us to be united together. He's called us to serve together. He's called us to grow together. He's called us to grieve together. He's called us to experience life together, to encourage one another. He's called us to follow him together. I don't know if you know this yet, but in case you haven't figured it out, I firmly believe that God has a purpose for your life. Say, I have purpose. Uh, good, you believe it. That's awesome. I know it's hard sometimes. I know it can feel impossible at times. Sometimes it can be tiring. Sometimes it can be stressful. And sometimes it can get really, really, really hard. But I believe that you are called and you have purpose. I believe as a church, we are called and we have purpose. But I also know that following Jesus, walking in obedience, is incredibly, incredibly rewarding. It is one of the best decisions that you could ever make in your entire life. It feels so good to see God move. How many would agree? I love when you can tangibly see something take place. Like the bank account for the roof is at zero, and in two months, it is nearly paid for. It's really cool to see and experience those things. But sometimes we don't always see those things take place, at least not the way we want them. Sometimes we don't always feel like God is moving in our lives. And those are the moments that really begin to build our faith. Those are the moments that our faith really does get stronger, because even when we've sang it the song before, even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, God is working. So here, remember this, that God has placed you exactly where you are needed. If you are starting to feel uncomfortable, you shouldn't. These chairs are pretty comfy, even though I never really get to sit in them too much. If you're starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable, Maybe God is getting ready to reposition you in your life and in your ministry. If things are starting to get a little bit confusing, maybe God is just trying to reposition you. Maybe you face something crazy in your life. Maybe God's just trying to reposition you for his purpose. Maybe there's going to be a global pandemic someday and we're going to have to do life very differently. Maybe God's just repositioning us to be more effective. Because we know God's on the move. We know that God's heart is to reach those that are far from him. And he wants to use us to bring people closer to him. And so maybe he's repositioning us, making things a little bit uncomfortable for us. So Jesus can change things. 
Maybe there's just some little things in your life. Maybe there's some big things that Jesus is, is just changing up. Maybe he's taking away some things in your life. And maybe that is feeling like a loss. Maybe you're grieving something today. Well, where did it go? But maybe he's taking it away so that you can do the very thing that you were destined to do. This is not the time. This is probably going to sound out of nowhere. But believe it or not, this is not the time to feel inadequate. It's got to be the biggest lie that many of us believe. Well, you're just not good. That's a perfect song, by the way. Katie didn't even know what I was going to say. Sometimes I just don't feel like I'm good enough. You don't have to put your hand up, but have you ever, have you ever had that thought in your mind before? I'm just, that could never be me, all right? You, this is not the time to feel inadequate. It's not the time to feel small. That is who we once were. Remember, God, God saved us from that past. Maybe at one point in our lives, we were unworthy to come before God, but then Jesus showed up. Then Jesus showed up in our lives, and he makes us worthy. He makes us worthy to be used by God. So if you're feeling too small, you're feeling inadequate, I'm going to give you my best counseling advice that I could possibly give you. I'm not a counselor by any means, uh, but this is how I feel. If that's how you're feeling, here's my advice to you. Stop it. (laughs) Right? It's as simple as that. Stop it. Remember who you are in God's eyes. Not what the world around you says. Not even even what Pastor Gary says, and I'm always going to say nice things about you. I'm always going to say nice things to you. Even if I'm making fun of you, it's because I love you. Now, Ephesians 1.13 says, For those who believed, when you believed, you were marked. Say, I'm marked. In him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who's God's possess- who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. All right, if you don't understand what I said, go back and read Ephesians 1.13 sometime. If you're ever doubting or feeling inadequate, just remember that God has called and marked you. I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've ever seen the official seal of any sort of organization or document or even government official. You know what's an official government document when it has a seal on it of approval? Well, that's the same image that Paul is sharing in this book of Ephesians. He says, I have taken my seal You are marked by God. I don't want to get into politics too much today, but there's a lot of talk about the mark of the beast and all these things and end times that come off. Trust me, this is not that. Okay? This is not that. And it doesn't matter because if you have chosen to believe and made Jesus your Savior, you're marked for heaven. You're already marked. You already have God's seal on your heart. So what do you have to worry about? Nothing. Nothing. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And what's really cool about this verse is that the Holy Spirit is God. The power of the Holy Spirit can do the impossible. The power of the Holy Spirit in us gives us confidence. And it says in this moment, the Holy Spirit is only the beginning. It's only the deposit. It's just the starting point. The moments that you feel in awe and wonder of who God is, the moments when you see God do incredible miracles, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of an incredible eternity with Jesus forever in heaven. That's just an incredible beginning of what is to come in God's kingdom in the future. 
We belong to God. He marked us. He left us a deposit of the Holy Spirit. He wrote his name on our hearts. Jesus, we belong to him. We know that we have a blessed future. The future is guaranteed. Does that sound like good news to you? Sounds like good news to me. I get a little bit excited about this because there's so many people that are without hope. There's so many people that are are lonely and they think this is the end and they want it to be the end. There's so many people struggling with all kinds of mental illnesses and depression because they are without hope. I know that Jesus cares about those who are in their deepest, darkest moments of their life. Jesus wants to make a difference. John 15.4, remain in me and I also remain in you. We're going to read this chapter this morning, or part of this chapter, John chapter 15. And we went through this back in January. We started to declare this as the theme of the year, remain in me. And every series that we've done to a point has all come back to this idea of staying close to Jesus. If you're watching online this morning, I hope you've put your comments in there as well. You said you, you are called, you're marked. Hopefully you've had that opportunity today. I'm just going to, I haven't, I closed it on my phone. I didn't look at it. So here we go. Uh, nope, nothing yet. But don't be afraid to say it out there as well. But John chapter 15, here's what it says from 1 to something, 1 to 17, I believe. Let's listen to this. Now, just remember, as John is writing these words, he's writing down the words of Jesus. And just kind of imagine this conversation that's taking place. Jesus is talking to his disciple. He's talking to John. But when John writes down Jesus' words, he wants it to be like the first person. And so John writes the words of Jesus down as if Jesus was talking to you. And so you can read along on your Bible this morning if you want. Or you can maybe even close your eyes as I read. And imagine, I mean, I know it's my voice. It doesn't sound very godly. It doesn't sound very Jesus-like, maybe. I don't know what his voice sounds like. But imagine that Jesus is saying these words to you this morning as we read. So John 15. Jesus says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. In some words, say gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Did you know that both of those hurt? <laughs> both of those hurt at some, to some extent. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Remember when I said that maybe you're feeling uncomfortable, maybe something has shifted in your life? Sometimes that can be a little bit painful. Don't worry, it's just the work of the Father. He's, just, he's preparing you to bear much fruit. Verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruits by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, 
he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, this is amazing. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and also abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be full in you, and that your joy may be full. Verse 12. No, I think that's, yeah, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. And here's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, I have chosen and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. I hope you've heard Jesus speak to you through that today. I get a few shivers down my back when I think about it. That I am not considered to be a servant, but I am considered to be a friend of God. That's a really big deal. That's a really big deal for Jesus' disciples to hear. Because every disciple of any rabbi, to a point, they served at the pleasure of the rabbi. They did what the rabbi said, and, and no doubt Jesus' disciples did too. But then Jesus turns to them and says, look, you're not my servants. You are my friends. He looks at all of them, and he says, you are my friends. Today, friends, you are a friend of God. And he's given us this amazing commandment to love one another. If you don't get anything else from this message today, what I say this, if you don't get anything out of this message, remember this, that I am a friend of God and I need to love everyone. I think we can remember those two things, right? I am a friend of God. I am commanded to love everyone. All right. Now, I don't know if you've done some Bible study on this passage before, but Israel was often referred to as the vine. He was God's, they were God's chosen people. And the vine was a frequent comparison 
to the relationship between Israel and God. And yet it was often shown as being, the Israelites that is, were often shown as being inadequate or lacking in some way. Isn't that phenomenal? God has blessed them with every possible blessing, and yet they are still shown to be inadequate or lacking in some way. There were hostilities that existed within their hierarchy and their culture. Considering that they were to be the people of the law, of God's law, they failed miserably. They were supposed to show the the perfect love and perfection. They were full of evil and corruption. But then Jesus enters the scene. And he begins to redeem the picture. He declares and he puts on this this marred and sacred coat of Israel, and declares that he is the vine. You thought that Israel was the vine, and look how corrupt they were. No, I am the true vine. He takes all that is God's law, literally wears it as a robe. We talked about that briefly. It'd be a good study for us to do sometime. We talked about it briefly a few weeks ago. When we talked about the woman that touched his garment and was healed. He literally puts on this robe which represents all of the laws of Israel. And he says that I am the true vine. And what do we see in Jesus? We see perfection. We see someone who always obeys his father's commands. We see someone who is always preaching about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and what the kingdom of heaven is really like. He talks about things that are counterintuitive or counterproductive to the world and to the worldly minds. He begins to propose a full revolution of culture that takes place because God's love is far beyond human ways. And he says, I am the true vine. All of those who, are, who have followed him are now branches. And I don't know if he picked it up in there. It says that all those who bear fruit will bear fruit that bear fruit. And they will be a part of my vine. I don't know if you caught that. He says, all those who are my branches will bear fruit, and their fruit will bear fruit, and that fruit that they bear will be attached to the vine of Jesus. All of us in this room are a fruit of a fruit. Someone say here, I'm a little bit of a fruit, okay? (laughs) Sounds kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? But the fact is that you are a follower of a follower of a follower of Jesus, In fact, the entire church around the world is a follower of a follower. Because for for generations, some good years, some not so good years, some incredibly amazing history, some not so good history of the church, we have continued to bear fruit that is connected to the true vine of Jesus. And we are positioned here, our nice little church family here on the North Shore, we are positioned here to bear fruit that bears fruit for our neighbors, for our friends across the street, for the community down the road, and we're called to bear fruit in our children who come after us. We are called to bear good fruit. And every branch produces fruit. If you follow Jesus, there is fruit of Jesus in your life. If you are connected to the vine, There is fruit that is being produced in your life. And maybe you go, I I don't see it at all. And maybe for some of us, that's a good thing because it's a motivation. 
Hey, what in my life needs to change? What needs pruning? What needs to become uncomfortable for me to bear fruit? And for some of us, we just need some encouragement to say, you know, keep walking the road, keep walking a few miles, and then look behind you and see how far God is taking you. Look behind you and see how much God has used you and you didn't even know it. Because sometimes we can get so focused on the big picture, we forget how to get there. You know, you know how do you accomplish your big goals? You know how you take a giant step? You know, what was, what was the saying, right, um, when Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon? One small step for who? Man. A giant leap for who? Humanity. You don't, get the, you don't get to the moon one day by just simply waking up and saying, I think I'm going to go to the moon today. You know, it took hours, it took years, it took failure to get Neil Armstrong on the moon. It took thousands and thousands of small little steps moving forward in the right direction to get a man on the moon. And sometimes we can get so discouraged by the big picture, I could never be like that person over there. I could never be who God truly wants me to be. I could never do what God really wants me to do. And so we just get discouraged, and instead of moving forward, we just kind of stand still and watch the world spin. And you know what happens when we stand still? That's the moment we begin to die. That's the moment we become a dead branch. And what happens to the dead branches? It gets disconnected from Jesus. There's no more life there. You've already died. Now, here's what's really cool. And we're going to spend a lot of time on this. But what did Jesus come to do? He came to bring dead things back to life. And so if that's where you find yourself this morning, if that's where you find yourself right now, let me tell you today that there is hope for you. Because Jesus can bring dead things back to life. And here's what is also really cool, and Paul talks a lot about this, a little bit more bringing Gentiles into Christianity and and the relationship between Jews and Gentiles, but he reminds us that we have been grafted into God's family. We've been adopted. So even if you've been disconnected, Jesus can bring you back, and he can bring you back into the family. You don't have nothing to worry. There is nothing standing standing in your way except for maybe yourself except for maybe a few lies, and we know that God would never tell us a lie. God has called us to produce fruit. I didn't say that right. God always calls us to produce fruit. Now, let me challenge us today. When we're striving to produce good, godly fruit, sometimes we see someone start to get disconnected. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's the time when we need to make that phone call. That's the time we need to kind of grab their hand. It's why we do this in community, and we need to pull them along. You know, sometimes the gardener spends a little bit more time on some branches more than others because they need a little bit of help. You know, we are in this together. And so whether you are that person or you see that person, the moment you recognize that we have a responsibility to encourage, to lift up, to pray for, to reach out to. Maybe it's someone you haven't seen in a while. Maybe it's someone that you haven't connected with in a while. And you say, whatever happened to so-and-so? And I'm not saying this to you. I'm not saying, hey, pastor, you should really call this person because I haven't seen them in a while. No, you should probably call that person. And then if you think they need Pastor Gary or Pastor Katie or Pastor Elizabeth to call them, we definitely will. 
But take a few minutes. Think about who have we not been connected with in a while? Are they still connected to Jesus? If you don't know the answer to the question, it's probably time you take a step forward because taking that step helps renew your life in faith. I don't know if you know, but a relationship with Jesus is never static. We're going to get to this word remain here in just a minute. But a relationship with Jesus doesn't stand still. That's why I'm always moving up here. It's not just a nervous tick. A relationship with Jesus is never static. It's not passive or unchanging. right? It's why we put the word change on the wall. Jesus takes us as we are, but he never calls us to be the same. Following Jesus is not passive or unchanging. A relationship with Jesus is always growing. What happens when your plants at home, I don't have plants at home for a reason, but what happens when you stop watering the plant at home? It dies. What happens when the plant doesn't get water and it stops growing? It dies. A relationship with Jesus is always growing. What happens when we plant a tree? Does it stay that same small little tree? Of course not. It grows. We got this tree right outside this window. You can look out here and online. You just trust that I'm telling the truth. That tree was planted when they built the church in 1982. Do you think the tree was that size when they built the building? No, absolutely not. I was uh, quite entertained last fall. I heard a bunch of students or people outside, and, and trust me, like the corner, the dead end street is rather quiet. Like I could sit in the office doing work, studying, or phone calls or meetings, and no one will ever come down the road. Well, one day I heard quite a commotion outside, and I thought, this is really strange. And so I put on my outdoor shoes, and I went outside, and, and Chris Dubay's outdoor ed class was outside admiring this tree. And like, I have no interest in gardening. I have no interest in anything to do with trees or types of trees. I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know, whatever. And they're admiring our tree outside because this tree is not native to northern Ontario. I had no idea. I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you. They told me what it was. I can't even tell you what kind of tree it is. But it was kind of this really cool moment to say, no, that this, this tree was actually brought from somewhere else and planted here. Kind of as a nice, I mean, it, kind of a nice fixture to the yard. But even it causes problems. We have to kind of trim it every now and then. Now and then it gets on the roof and all of these things. But sometimes God will transplant us. He'll move us around to fulfill his purpose. But we're never meant to stay small. We're never meant to stay young in our faith. We're supposed to grow and to strengthen. I mean, you've seen how much snow that we get. You can just imagine if, if that tree never grew and never was never taken care of and cared for, it would never survive the winters up here. But it has grown strong and it has grown to be where it is today. Because it was taken care of. It was connected to the soil and to the sun and to the water. Following Jesus is always active. And that's where we get this word remain. Someone say remain. Perfect. Now in the Greek, the word remain sounds like this. It sounds like the word meno. It's kind of meaning like stand fast, stand firm. Or it also means to be absent from things that would like take you away from Jesus. Remain in a place or state that expects something in the future. This is literally the definition. Remain, also we read it this morning, as the word abide. A word abide and remain also have a similar word in the New Testament tied to the word faith. 
So the, the actual Greek word meno here can be kind of interchanged between faith and remain and grow. So maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but let me say it this way. Abide in faith that John uses in this letter, in case you don't know, is not a noun. If you've gone back to school, you know that grammar, that nouns are what? Person, places, or things. Things that are action words are called verbs. So we don't just hear the word, we respond. We take action because of the word that we have heard. Jesus said that to his disciples. He says, you are not my servants, you are my friends because I have shared with you the word of my Father. I have given you everything my Father has told me. This is before Jesus is getting ready to go to the tomb. And he says, I have shared everything with my Father. And he says, I am calling you to action. Now that you know the truth, I'm calling you to action. Remaining in me is not a noun. It's a verb. It's an action word. And it's intertwined with this word faith in this passage. And so you could almost say it like this. This is where the stretch comes in. But Jesus is saying, have faith in me and I will have faith in you. Have faith in me and I will have faith in you. There's no need to feel inadequate or small. You have the power of God, the power of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit in you. As long as you stay connected to Jesus, you're connected to the source. Just as the branch only has life as long as the vine's life flows into it. So we have true life as long as Christ's life flows in us and through us and is active and we have a vital relationship with him. Stay connected to Jesus together through prayer, spending time reading, studying his word, obeying his commandments, demonstrating God's own love for us. So how do we, how do we remain this morning? How do we remain today? Let me tell you. We heard this a little bit. We, we heard Pastor Katie ask the kids why this was important. She challenged us already. But we remain and abide. We have faith in Jesus when we study his word. Not just read it, not just hear, but when we study it. When we allow his truth to get into our hearts and into our minds. When we maintain a positive habit of prayer. When we're talking to Jesus. When we're listening to Jesus, we are drawing strength from him. There's a great song from Elevation Worship called Talking to Jesus. Maverick City Music and Elevation kind of did this collaboration. If you were here early enough this morning, sorry to our live stream guests, we get some copyright issues when we play copyrighted music on the stream. But you can go to YouTube later or Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get your music, and you can listen to this song, Talking to Jesus. And it's just a simple story, but yet it's so powerful of the pattern that is continued in this song. Starts by saying, you know, Grandma used to pray every night, and I used to think it was weird, and she was just mumbling. And then she invited me to join her one day, and now I'm talking to Jesus. And then it kind of goes through his life, and then he says, now he's grown up, and he's got a son, he's 15, and his son walks into him, in on him praying, and he says, oh, I'll come back later. And he says, no, this is, this, is an interruption. this is not an interruption. You couldn't have picked a better time. He says, now my son is talking to Jesus. You want to remain in Jesus, keep talking to him. Maintain a positive habit of prayer, which involves listening and drawing strength from him. 
Number three today, if you want to remain in Jesus, obey his commandments. And what is the greatest commandment that he just gave us in this passage? This is my commandment that you what? Love one another. That sounds really easy, but do you know that sometimes some of you drive me crazy? Yep. Did you know that I probably drive some of you crazy up the wall sometimes? There's probably people in your life that if you could use the big H word, I absolutely hate them. And Jesus says, if you want to remain in me, obey my commandments. And this is the commandment that I give to you. Love one another. I mentioned the election earlier. It doesn't matter who you vote for. And it wouldn't matter who we voted for if we would all just love one another. We wouldn't need the government to give us a place to live because we would see the need and we would love so much that we would just do it. Or we would find somebody that would do it. We would make a way. We would trust that God would make a way. This is my commandment. Stay connected to me. Remain in the vine. Abide in me. Have faith in me. Love one another. I don't know if you've noticed, there's some really big divisions taking place around the world and in, even in our own province and even in our own community. People believe one thing and people believe another and if you're not on this side, you're against them. You know how you cross those lines? Love. Love. It's really that simple and yet so incredibly hard to practice. This is my commandment that you love one another. And finally, keeping our lives spiritually clean. Okay, that doesn't sound too hard, or that sounds impossible, Pastor Gary. Yeah, I know. That's why we remain in God's word. It says when you pray, it says pray that we would resist temptation. That's why Jesus prays that prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, if you've never heard it before, you can find it in Matthew and in Luke. It says, deliver us from temptation. Resist temptation and it will flee, following the Holy Spirit's direction. These are the things that help us remain connected to the vine. Positive habits of prayer. Remaining in God's word. Obeying his commandment, which is simply to love him and to love one another. And number four really comes quite naturally. If you do the first three, number four really just happens. Because why would you want to go back to your old self when you're too busy loving everyone else over here and following him? If you're already listening to Jesus and you're already talking, if you've already hidden his word in your heart, number four really isn't that hard. If we're struggling on number four, if we're struggling with the temptation part, if we're struggling with the cleanliness part, go back and do one, two, and three, and number four will happen. The best way to accomplish, I believe, of course, is together. We gather together, we serve together, we love together, we give together. Bottom line is there is not lonely branches. Every branch is connected. So we throw the word belong on the wall. It's not just a word that we hang on because we think it looks cool. No, we actually believe we're called by God that we belong to him together. And if we're feeling that we're not a part of the family, then some things are going to have to change. 
they're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. We belong to him. Because Jesus is active and a relationship with Jesus is vital. September is the month where we, as Canadians especially, remember a young man by the name of Terry Fox. Now, Terry, he had such a clear mission. He had such a clear goal. Stop cancer. It was that simple. Stop cancer. His vision was to run a literal marathon every day until he made it from coast to coast. You know, I'm sure you know this story. If you don't know this story, you're going to today. He has got to be one of the most inspiring Canadians, the most inspiring humans that has ever existed. I'm sure of it. He united Canada from east to west. He inspired not just his generation, not just the next generation, but he has inspired generations. I can remember as a kid, and Terry Fox is older than my mother, I remember as a kid doing the Terry Fox run. My kids come home from school and they talk about Terry Fox. Every time we drive to Thunder Bay, we see and oftentimes have to stop and see Terry Fox. He inspired generations. But he would have never had that opportunity had he never gone through the hardships that he did. Had he never gone through the incredible pain that he did, he would have never had this opportunity. And especially at the end. He literally could not run another mile. It wasn't that he wanted to stop. He literally could not run another mile. It got harder and harder. The pain got worse and worse. Yet he persevered. He pressed on. He never gave up until he could literally run no more. Now the difference between our faith and Terry Fox is that no matter what, Jesus can't stop. Jesus can't stop. The kingdom of God is coming and is here now. And, and there's nothing that's going to stand in its way. Are things going to get harder? Probably. Are things going to get more difficult? Probably. Are we going to experience more pain? Probably. But Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Paul reminds us. He says, run with patience the race that is set before us. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep loving one another. There's no stopping the kingdom of God. Get up, get up, get up. Run with patience. Run with endurance. Go and bear the good fruit of Jesus. Go and bring in people that are ready to be grafted into his, his family. We have a generation that is looking up to us. They don't even know they need us yet. We have a generation that God has called us to reach, and we're beginning to do it. We're beginning to do it. We're planting tons and tons of seeds. And we're praying that God would cause those seeds to grow and we'd see an incredible harvest. That there'd be an incredible orchard. As people drive through the North Shore, they're just going to see a beautiful orchard of people passionately following Jesus. Isn't that exciting? We get to be a part of that story because God has clearly called us to be his hands and his feet. He's called us to be his branches on the North Shore. He's never left us alone. He's always been with us. So everywhere we go, everywhere we go, 
we bring that life that Jesus brings. Every time we choose to love one another, we bring the life that Jesus brings. Abide in me, remain in me, have faith in me, and I. God not only believes in you, he has empowered you to do it. So let's get up. Let's get up this morning. Let's stand up this morning. We can physically stand up, and I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Pray a blessing over us. And if you want, as a symbolic gesture, it would work with our COVID protocols. You could literally run out the doors this morning. It's a sign of action. Don't trip. Verse 11 says, do these things that you may have joy and that your joy may be full. Other translations say that your joy may be abundant, that your life may be abundant. And this is the next word. I think it's from the New Living Translation. I really liked this word. Love one another. This is my commandment, that your life and your joy may be overflowing. Let the love of Jesus just pour out of you wherever you go. So Jesus, now in this moment, we pray to you, our God and our King, our Lord and our Savior. Lord, I pray that we would be so filled with your joy abundantly, everlasting, that we'd be overflowing, oh God, with joy today. But as we literally run out of this place, Lord, may we continue in our day-to-day journey to remain in you. Lord, as we move forward Lord, for your kingdom. Lord, we know that there are hundreds of lives that you have yet to reach, Lord, even in our own community. And Lord, you have called each and every one of us, Lord, in this room, Lord, to play our part, whether big, whether small, whether somewhere in between. Lord, you have called us as your hands and your feet. Lord, as the fruit of your vine to go and produce more fruit. And so, Lord, I pray that our eyes would be open to see the needs of the world around us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive and to pour out your spirit through us over them, to pour out your love everywhere we go. And that everywhere we go, God, people would know that they are loved by you. I pray that they would know that they are absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, loved by you. Lord, let none of us stand here feeling inadequate or too small or not good enough. Lord, we're, we're not old enough. We're too old, God. Lord, let none of that stand in our way because, Lord, you have called us. Lord, you have enabled us. And so, Lord, we just pray, Lord, a blessing over each one now that we would know that we are blessed to be a blessing. Lord, that you have filled us with joy overflowing, that we would share your love everywhere. In your name I pray. Amen.